This podcast is brought to you by the Islamic Center at NYU. For more information, visit our website at www.icnyu.org. A'udhu billahi minash shaitan rajim Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Rabbihi nasta'in. Wassalatu wassalamu ala sayyidina wa nabiyyina Muhammad wa ala ahli baytih al-tayyibin al-tahirin. Allahumma salli ala Muhammadin wa ala Muhammad. Hope you're doing well, inshallah. For this last few moments in the last Friday of the holy month of Ramadan, I thought it'd be a good opportunity for me to reflect a little bit in regards to one of our, one of our most important responsibilities during the sacred month. And of course, that is to cultivate our character, to purify these hearts and souls in the way that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has intended. You know, through the course of this month, we spend our days fasting, we spend our eves in obedience and in worship to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We recite the whole Quran, we break fast with family members, friends, community, so on and so forth. We perform a whole host of rituals, of course, that is meant toward cultivating something far deeper, and that is something spiritual. And when you go to take a look at some of the traditions of the Prophet and his family, we talk about our roles and responsibilities during the course of this month. There's a strong emphasis on this notion of emptying and purifying and perfecting these hearts and these souls of ours. God says in the Holy Quran that successful is the one who has purified it and the one who has failed to purify it, but rather the one who has corrupted the soul, well, they're in sort of deep trouble. The idea is that these souls of ours that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has gifted us are coupled and cannot be divorced from the fact that we also have a body. So in other words, what I want to say is that we have been gifted with this unique potential, this spiritual capacity toward toward reaching this far, incredible, unique level by which traditions tell us that the human being has the capacity toward reaching a level that is far higher than that of the angels. Angels within Islamic tradition, they listen and they obey toward God's command immediately. God tells them to stand and they stand. God tells them to bow, they bow. God tells them to prostrate, they prostrate. God tells them to listen to his instructions and they listen to his instructions, subhanahu wa ta'ala, in contrast, of course, with the human being. God tells us what to do and we question why. God tells us and commands us what to do and we say we don't feel like doing it right now, right? So over here, you take a look at the two creations of God. Of course, there are others as well. But in this example, between the angels and the human being, there's no comparison, right? The angels are those who submit toward God's commands. They stand and they bow and they prostrate and they are his supporters and they listen to his instructions. And on the flip side, the human being doesn't exactly do it that same exact way. In fact, we, most of the time, transgress his boundaries, subhanahu wa ta'ala. But then what gives the human being the capacity toward reaching a level that is greater than that of the angels? In the hadith of Ahlul Bayt, it states that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, God and his majesty, he created the angels. 
and he created them with the power of intellect, what is known as the aql. He gave them this tool whereby when they're told to submit, they submit. And then he created animals. He created the wild beasts that roam this earth. And he created them with desire, desire for food, desire for sleep, desire for sex, desire to feed themselves and their bodies only. And he created the human being with both of these. The ability to be receptive to divine teachings, which is what is known as the intellect, the aql, and also created us with this power of desire. And because of the struggle that takes place every single day, whereby we're seeking toward emphasizing internal ideals as opposed to the external, for us to exert sort of our spiritual capacities as opposed to our physical, because we have to fight that battle if we allow for our intellects to overcome our power of desire, we reach a level higher than that of the angels. That's something powerful, because again, it demonstrates the unique potential that we have as human beings. And so for today's discussion, what I wanted to reflect upon is a couple of lines from a really important du'a that we are given by the great grandson of the Prophet of God, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, a man by the name of Ali ibn Hussein, the son of Hussein al-Shaheed, Zayn al-Abideen, the adornment of the worshippers, Sayyid al-Sajideen, the king of the worshippers was his title. And when she makes this supplication called Dua Makarim al-Akhlaq, the supplication for perfecting good character. Before I get there, before I sort of reflect upon or we reflect upon some of those lines from this really beautiful supplication, there's something that I wanted to share with you all is what is exactly, what exactly does it mean when we talk about having good akhlaq? Good akhlaq, the word akhlaq comes from the root word khalaqa, which means also to create. We are known as a creation, right? We are makhluq. And akhlaq means the etiquette that the creation has to have to the khalaq in demonstration of demonstrating our obedience to the creator, subhanahu wa ta'ala. So there's khalq and there's khuluq. Innaka la'ala khuluqin adim. God says about the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa ala, O Messenger of God, surely you have this most impeccable character. That if you were hard-hearted, O Messenger of God, if your heart wasn't soft, and merciful and compassionate to those around you, they would have dispersed from you, sallallahu alayhi wa But it was that unique love and that compassion and that beauty, that, that, that mercy, that generosity, that patience of the Prophet Muhammad, sallallahu alayhi wa alayhi wa sallam, that allows for people to be drawn to him, sallallahu alayhi wa And naturally, we want to be good people. We want to be individuals who perfect our character. We want to be people who are, you know, kind and caring and generous. We all love people like that as well. We love individuals who are kind. We love, in, we love individuals who are good human beings, naturally. So we have to strive during the course of our days in this world toward reaching and becoming the best of the human being that we can, perfecting these characters and these qualities of ours to the best, again, of our potential. So I want to share my screen with you all for just one moment so I can reflect upon a couple of these lines from this beautiful du'a of Imam Zayn al-Abideen, uh, alayhi salatu wassalam. 
want you to take a look and follow along with me. And this very, very lengthy supplication, I don't want to go, go ahead, of course, and take a look at every single one of the lines. But again, this is a supplication narrated to us by the great-grandson of the Prophet of God, sallallahu alayhi wa And it's highly recommended for us to recite it during the course of our lives as often as we can. But specifically, if we have the moment to also recite it during the course of these nights uh, in the Holy Month of Ramadan, I'll share it with you all uh, in the chat box after we go through our sort of brief description. Uh, so you all have that with you as well. Supplication begins. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Allahumma salli ala Muhammadin wa alihi. وبلغ بإيماني أكمل الإيمان وجعل يقيني أفضل اليقين وانتهي بنيتي إلى أحسن الأعمال وبعملي إلى وانتهي بنيتي إلى أحسن النيات وبعملي إلى أحسن الأعمال. After sending salutations upon the Prophet صلى الله عليه وآله وسلم and his family, he begins his supplication by saying, "Oh God, cause my faith to reach the most perfect of faith." Our faith or our iman, our convictions in our creator, they have different levels. As I get older, as I experience more, as I read more, as I learn more, as I worship more, as another Ramadan passes when I'm sort of drowned in the blessings and in the praise of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, naturally my relationship with God is going to increase. What I also know is that that sort of capacity to increase doesn't necessarily end meaning there's always more opportunity for growth when it comes to our faith, as well as, as well as when it comes to our convictions. Oh Allah, while I'm in this world, make me reach the best of that which I have the capacity to. God knows what we have the capacity to do within us. You know, physically, physically, as a, as, as a body, we mentioned that we're a body as well as we're a soul. The human being, has incredible potential and capacity. You see what athletes, athletes are able to do. And even when someone exercises on their own, they realize that they actually have so much more to offer and so much more to give. You can run a little bit more. You can run a little bit faster. You can jump a little bit higher through training and through practice and through focus and through determination and so on and so forth. The, whole, the beginning of the holy month of Ramadan, we're only able to fast. You know, we're, 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 we're able to fast, but you know, every few minutes we feel tired. You know, or those first few days are that much more exhausting. And I recognize that while fasting is incredibly difficult for me, at the same time, the capacity to take in a little bit more and to do a little bit more and to you know, be successful during the course of this 18-hour fast becomes a little, little, little bit easier as we get into these final days of the Holy Month of Ramadan. Because again, our bodies are molding. And again, they have that ability to be receptive toward more, or in this case, less, less food and less drink. But our hearts and our souls, they're very similar in that regard as well. Meaning that you feel like you can't give more. You, can't, you feel like you can't know more. You feel like you can't be exposed to more light. The light of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his divine support allows for our faith, our certainty, our intentions toward becoming purified and purified and purified through that relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is far different, you know, at the end of our life in comparison with where we are today. As he sets sort of the stage in the beginning of the supplication, he continues, alayhi salam, Allahumma salli ala Muhammadin wa'ad, line number nine. 
وكفني ما يشغلني الاهتمام به واستعملني بما تسعلني غدا ان واستفرغ ايامي فيما خلقتني له. Looking at lines 9 through 12. Oh God, bless Muhammad and his family. And spare me the concerns which distract me. وكفني ما يشغلني الاهتمام به. What are the things that distract us on a day-to-day basis from that which is most important? Money, work, food, drink, 401ks, investments, whatever it might be. We're often so busy doing everything and our minds are so occupied with everything other than God. And I speak about myself before this. So for here, we're asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, oh Allah, Don't make me concerned with those things. Let them take care of themselves. Suffice me in matters of the dunya that I'm able to work for that which you are going to ask about tomorrow. Meaning, after we depart from this transient world. And employ me in that which you will ask me about tomorrow. And let my days pass. And let me live my life doing that which you wanted me to do. Meaning that which fulfills the purpose by which you have created me for. God created us so we become as the best of his servants. The best of his servants by means of our worship. The best of our servants by means of our convictions. The best of, our, best of his servants by means of our faith. The best of his servants by means of our community service and our humanitarian work to those around us. Oh Allah, keep us busy doing that. And how, how will you do that, oh Allah? We continue. Oh Allah, and free me from the needs of this world. Don't make me so occupied when it comes to matters of wealth, when it comes to issues of finances. And for those of us who are going through difficulties, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala remove us from the difficulties when it comes to economic obstacles and hurdles, inshallah, and increase our wealth, inshallah, so we don't have to think about that, so we can focus upon that which is more important, ya Allah. And do not tempt me with ingratitude. Make me okay with whatever it is that I have, content. Because again, when you're content, when you're in a state of rida biqada'illah, content and in a state of pleasure with the decree and the commandment of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Everything else is just easier. We're not concerned again. We're not, you know, our minds are not here nor there when it comes to these things. Let me continue. The, the Imam Ali Salam Zain al Abidin, he continues to sort of uh, make this point clear until we get to line number 18. And of course, we're just giving a little bit of glimpses into the supplication, which inshallah I'll share with you all in the chat as well. We go to line number 18. Allahumma salla ala Muhammadin wa ala. Oh God, bless Muhammad and his family. Lines 18 through 22. Oh God, bless Muhammad and his family. And do not raise me a single decree before people. What is he trying to say? That do not allow for me to be raised in my status whereby people look up to me until you have lowered me within my own self. 
Meaning, oh Allah, cultivate me a sense of humility in these hearts. So that when people respect me and they look up to me and they say, look at this person, how incredible he or she is. That I don't have a big head, so to say. Man the one who, Imam Ali in a famous hadith, he says, the one who humbles himself to his creator is raised in front of the creation. If you want power, you want authority, you want people to respect you, you want people to love you, you humble yourself in front of God, God will help that take place. But as long as we don't feel that sense of pride and arrogance within ourselves, we need to ask God for that support. And bring about no outward exaltation for me. Don't let people praise me openly. Unless, oh Allah, because we like when people speak well of us. We like when people compliment us. We like when people say nice things about us. Except God, that whenever someone praises me openly, that me within myself, I see that I need, I see, I see that there's more work to do. I just want to stop over here for just one moment to think about what this means. We like to be complimented. We like to be told that we're doing a good job. Specifically when it comes to our devotion, our dedication, our obedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, our work for our community and so on and so forth. But that can all be wiped away really, really quickly if we have pride in what it is that we do. I'll give you an example. Stop my screen share for just a moment. And the example of that is the most arrogant, the most prideful creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from amongst the early of God's creations. Who is that? It's Iblis, Shaitan. What did he say? Shaitan, according to traditions, was known to be amongst the best of the worshippers of God. Though he was a jinn, he was in the rank of the angels. That he would teach the angels who we mentioned before are told to stand and they stand, they're told to bow and they bow, they're told to prostrate and they prostrate. Yet when Iblis, Shaitan, he would recite La ilaha illallah and subhanallah and alhamdulillah in the celestial realm before the creation of the physical Adam. When he would recite the dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the angels would learn how to remember God and how to pray and how to supplicate from Iblis, from Shaitan. And to the extent where we have hadiths that tell us that when God gathers together all of his angels, and he says, tomorrow I'm going to do something. And from amongst your sort of gathering, from amongst your community, someone is going to disobey me. The hadith says that Iblis, Shaitan, he went into his chamber and he began to pray that Jibra'il wasn't going to be the one to disobey God forgot to pray for himself. He said, oh Allah, make Jibra'il not that person disobeys. Oh Allah, don't make, you know, Mikail, meaning all of these most important angels, be the one who disobeys him. Because he is so prideful and so arrogant to believe that he wasn't going to be that one. What happens? God creates Adam and he commanded to prostrate toward Adam. فَسَجَدَ إِلَّا إِبْلِيسَ أَبَا Except for Iblis. He rejected. But oh God, you created me from fire. You created him from clay. Why should I worship to him? Why should I, why should I, why should I prostrate to him? Excuse me. Of course, he wasn't worshiping. Why should I prostrate to him? 
that pride, that arrogance, not being in a state of submission to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. On, in our lives, we have to understand that everything that we have in terms of status, in terms of power, in terms of family, in terms of wealth, in terms of anything, in terms of physical, material possession, it's a loan from the Creator. It's from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's where we can take the good, we take it, and where God tells us to give back, we give back. But to be humble. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran that don't walk upon this earth in a state of exalting yourself. Don't even walk on the street where you're stomping your feet, demonstrating that you own this place. You don't. Oh Allah, when you raise me amongst people, make sure you lower me within my own self. So I look at my deeds and I say that there's always more to do. For even the Prophet they would go to him and they would say, oh, messenger of God, we see you consistently humbling yourself in prayers and fasting and so on and so forth. How would the Prophet respond? He said, who is more of a slave than I in front of God? I have to be exerting myself in these ways. He continues, again, in this beautiful lines of these du'a, which again, which is very, very lengthy. Wanted to focus upon a couple of more lines. First, or in line number 44. And of course, again, I'll share this with you all, inshallah, uh, toward the end of the conversation. Line number 44. Allahumma salla ala Muhammadin wa ali Muhammad. ala man zalamani wa lisanan ala man khassamani wa dhafaran biman anadani. Oh Allah, the same time, there are those who try to give me difficulty. So give me the strength to give me the strength to overcome the one who wrongs me. And a tongue to those who speak poorly about me. And those who you know, give me a hard time, those who are difficult with me, give me victory in front of them. What does this mean? You take a look at this, you wonder, it differs from kind of this tone and the style of the supplication, you know, in its entirety. Whereby normally we would think that wouldn't the grandson or the great-grandson of the messenger of God, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he asked God that for the one who wrongs me, forgive him. What is this context of the supplication over here? We're talking again about the battle between the human being and the soul. Because our biggest enemy is that soul which rests between our two shoulders. Inna a'da adu, a hadith from the Prophet states, Inna a'da aduwak and nafsulati bayna jambek. Your greatest enemy is that soul which rests between your two shoulders. So when we say, Waj ali yadan ala manbalamani, oh Allah, give me the hand against the one who oppresses me, meaning, oh Allah, let me take control over this soul of mine. Like we mentioned before, it's navigating between you know, the spiritual world and the physical and give me the tongue to respond. So oh Allah, when the, when, when, when the soul is commanding me or forcing me or pushing me towards speaking ill of someone, may it be you know, transversed into me, remembering your praises. And give me victory in this celestial battle that is taking place between my body and between the soul so that I'm able to re- re- uh, resume Victorious, O oh Allah. 
line number 54. Allahumma salli ala Muhammadin wa ali. Wasaddidni li an u'aridu min ghashani bin nasi. Bin nas. Wa ajziya min hajjarani bil bir. Wa ufiba min harramani bil bad. Wa ukafiya min qata'ani bil sila. Wa ukhalifa min ikhtabani ila husna dhikr. Wa an ashkura al-hasana. Wa ugdiya an al-sayyia. Line number 54. Oh Allah, bless Muhammad and his family. And grant me a, the straight, clear way of finding success. Drive me and point me straight to resist him who is dishonest with me. When, someone's, when someone is not good to me, when someone is dishonest with me, let me give him nasiha. Let me give him good counsel. And those who separate from me, those who don't want to build a relationship with me, those who want to treat me poorly, then, oh Allah, you give me the strength to be gentle with them. Think about these beautiful words of, of the Imam Ali. And the one who deprives me, the one who doesn't want to you know, give me a loan, the one who doesn't want to you know, help me with a good favor, then, oh Allah, it's okay. Let me be the one to help him or her when they need it. Those who break their relationships with me, you know, during the month of Ramadan, of course, where we have the capacity to. It's really important that we perform what is known as Salatul Arham, to increase familial relations, to keep good familial relationships with those around us. If we have a brother, sister, parent, aunt, uncle, grandparent, child, we don't speak to, now is the days. Send them a text message to reach out. Salatul Arham increases our wealth, increases our rizq, increases our lifespan, according to hadith. So over here, we're asking God to give us the strength. Oh Allah, that if we don't have good relations with members in our family, give us the strength toward reconciling them. And oh God, the one who slanders me and speaks poorly about me, let me speak about him or her in beautiful remembrance. And give me the ability to always be thankful to you. Again, sort of line after line. There's so much that can be deduced and so much that can be reflected. I won't take so much of your time, but let's go through sort of one more line or one more, uh, one more um, segment from the supplication, inshallah. From line number 54. Allahumma salli ala Muhammadin wa ala. Waj'al awsa'a rizqika alayya idha kabat. Wa aqwa quwatika fiya idha nasat. Wala tabtaliyani bilkasali an ibadatik. Wala l'ama an sabilik. Wala bitta'arrudi likhalafi mahabbatik. Wala mujama'ati man tafarraqa ank. Wala mufarakati man ijtama'a ilayk. We say, oh Allah, and bless Muhammad and his family. And in my old age, oh Allah, sustain me and take care of me. So I'm able to do your work. So I'm able to continue in my obedience to you, in my worship to you. Give me good health. So I'm able to go and serve community as well. And when I'm tired, I want you to give me some even additional strength, oh Allah. And oh Allah, do not try me. Do not test me with laziness in your worship. Especially during Ramadan, oh Allah. When we're tired, we're hungry, we need coffee, we're thirsty, we're exhausted. We still have to put forth that effort to demonstrate our relationship, our conviction, our love 
of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but we need God's support. And then in 9, number 79, he states, Joining with him whom has separated himself from thee. Oh Allah, don't try me with that. Don't put me in gatherings whereby there are people who don't remember you, but put me in those gatherings whereby we're able to remember your name, whereby we're able to remember your messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa alihi Line by line from this beautiful supplication, which I'll put in the chat for you all as well. We take a look again about the importance and the responsibility of filling these hearts with virtue. During the month of Ramadan, when we seek toward doing so often, is performing what is known as istighfar. In fact, one of the most important tasks that we have is what is known as kathratul istighfar, to consistently be in a state of seeking repentance and forgiveness from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And again, like I mentioned at the beginning, the heart is meant to be emptied of all sin, of all vice, of all darkness. And it's supposed to be filled with good deeds, with good qualities. And one of the ways that we do that is by reciting this supplication and allowing for our hearts to be filled with us remembering and recollecting our responsibilities to God and toward God's creations. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for tawfiq. Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen. Wa sallallahumma ala sayyidina wa nabiyyina Muhammad wa alihi al-tayyibin al-tahreen. Take a couple of minutes if anyone has any questions. But in the meantime, while maybe you're thinking about your questions or you want to chat some of them in, inshallah, I just would like to remind you all to please, 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 where you have the ability and capacity during the course of this uh, sacred month of Ramadan towards supporting the numerous initiatives that we have at the Islamic Center and supporting those who are going through difficulties and through hardship. One of those links which I just posted is a our uh, Ramadan relief emergency support for individuals in New York City who have been impacted by um, uh, food shortage, by uh, you know, issues around an inability to pay uh, their debts or their rent, uh, so on and so forth. Please take that link. If you can contribute during the course of these last 10 nights of the holy month of Ramadan, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reward you immensely. And um, in addition to, if you don't have the capacity, if you could take that link, share with your family members, friends, social media. I know that many of you uh, must have reached, uh, received an email from the Islamic Center from Mam Latif that mentioned that there's a $75,000 match up till the end of the night uh, where you can contribute. And we have a community member who is generously willing to do, uh, match all contributions up to $75,000. I don't know if we're reached there yet, but where you can contribute so that we're able to get to that goal, uh, that would be incredible, inshallah. And again, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala increase you all in your wealth and in your rizq. Uh, and give us the ability to continue to help and to support those uh, who need, uh, inshallah. If no one has any other questions, then maybe we can conclude for this evening. But if anyone has anything, happy to answer, inshallah. Question uh, in regards to du'a for individuals looking to get married. Um, nothing that comes off the top of my top of my mind, but I know that there is uh, there must be some supplications or some rituals. If you feel free to reach out to me via an email, inshallah, I can share with you some of those resources, some of those uh, acts of worship, inshallah, that someone can do that can hopefully open up those doors. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give everyone that uh, answer to their du'as and their supplications during the course of these nights and, and, and days during the holy month of Ramadan, inshallah. If you would like to listen to more, please donate to www.icnyu.org donate. For more of our virtual programs, go to www.icnyu.org classes. 
If you have any questions, email us at info at icnyu.org.